Hi, I'm Pawi, and you're listening to Rappler Podcasts. This is Hustle Inside the Industry, where we talk to professionals and find out how they got here, why they're doing what they do, and what it takes to do it. As always, this is Pawi. And this is Tristan. We are part of Rappers Hustle team. Joining us today, we have a trio of guests. They are here to talk about Anvil Publishing's newly released lesbian anthology, Tingle. It's a collection of short stories written by Filipino lesbian authors. And we have some of them here to talk more about it. So please welcome, uh, the, first of all, the book's editor, uh, Dr. Joanna Lynn Cruz, and two of the writers, Ginny Villar and Sigrid Gayangos. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hi, Hi everyone. Happy to be here. Joanna, as the editor, can you tell us what your book is about? It's an anthology of poetry, stories, essays mm-hmm. uh, written by lesbians about lesbian lives and loves. Um, and the selections are uh, in English, published by Anvil Publishing. I'm reminded of like Janiel Garcia's and Danton yeah. Remoto's Ladlad yes, anthology. Yes, yeah. yes. Ever since I read the first Ladlad anthology, it has been my dream to uh, put together the lesbian version. And here it is finally after all these years. Congratulations. Well, uh, I'd love to dig into the process for sure. Uh, but first, let's let's talk about each of you uh, so that the audience can get to know you more. Can each of you briefly uh, share your personal story right, about going into publishing and uh, especially um, writing about your personal experiences as queer authors? Why don't we start with Ginny? Well, my first foray into um publishing, I would say, was in 1994. Uh, Joanna knows this, that um, in the 80s, okay, uh, I was looking for uh, for lesbian books and I didn't find any. And I was thinking to myself that probably at that time, uh, if I was thinking of something like this, uh, there could have been other people, I just didn't know where to find them. So uh, I found myself in the feminist movement where I met some people who uh, tried to work it out with me to come up with an anthology. That was the first attempt early on, and I suppose it wasn't the time yet. So uh, kudos talaga to, to Joanna for being able to pull it off. But in 1994, we were able to come up with a book, not the anthology that I wanted to, uh, to have, um, would have published. There are only two people. Uh, so we co-authored, co-authored a book called uh, Woman to Woman Essays, Poetry, and Fiction. And then I... You know, I was able to contribute to some other things, and um, I suppose that's my uh, <laughs> publishing life. <laughs> wow. How about you, Sigurd? I was actually a shifty from math. I, I <laughs> On my third year, I took creative writing as an elective with no intention of shifting. <laughs> well, long story short, um, I did, and here I am now. But then um, I, I went home to Zamboanga when I graduated. And then, you know, that was 2013 and um, the Zamboanga siege happened. Um, that kind of thing, it changes you. So I stopped writing for, I don't know, a few years. Um, I got my first story out in 2018. So I guess in publishing terms, I'm pretty much a toddler. I worked as a legal content editor, uh, but I also did some lecturing on the side. I did math training, 
And then in 2017, I got into this beginner writers workshop where I am the contributors in Tingle as well, Reiji Degia, who turned out to be my neighbor in Quezon City when I still wow. live there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we became really good friends and like, you know, basically each other's support group in writing. And um, in the most recent workshop where we both attended, both Joanna and Jeannie were also there as panelists and uh, um, a resource speaker. What we're already starting to hear, this is very important for our audiences uh, to know, you know, when you're a writer, uh, you're never just a writer of one thing, especially if you're pursuing it as a career. And I think uh, Doc Joanna can certainly uh, attest to that. So why don't we hear uh, your personal uh, story, Joanna? First of all, I'm a teacher. I think that's what I really wanted to be when I was growing up. And so i that's my first job. Uh, I was a teacher. And I, I didn't really think that I was going to be a writer until two things happened in my personal life. The first one was my grandfather's death, uh, which opened the door of poetry for me. And then later on, the um, lesbian desire or lesbian experience, which opened the door of fiction writing for me. So I had a I had a secret that I wanted to write about, and the only way I could write about it, express it, was through fiction. The usual path for writers would be join the writers' workshops and then get known by the panelists and then get published and then win a Palanka Award and then <laughs> etc. Now, the usual route, the old route, um, and I followed that route as a writer of that batch in, in the 90s. So I was in the Siliman Writers Workshop, and after which I was in the UP National Writers Workshop. And after that, I felt like I was finished with Writers Workshops, and um, I joined the Palanka uh, Awards and, and won. Uh, fortunately, today, uh, younger writers do not have to go through the traditional route in order to get their work out there, because they realize that What's important is to get the work out there. Yeah, actually, I like to um, quote, not really quote, but reference like your interview with our friends at CNN Philippines Life where you said na, being a lesbian and a woman writer, it's parang, it, it's, it, it even makes you more vulnerable to attack. Like what you said, parang you're, in a way, you're also breaking ground for newer writers. I want to dive in to like the, how you really pulled everyone together. How were the stories chosen? What is the process behind this like coming together of great minds? Yeah, actually, it's it's really been such a long journey, you know. Like I said, it had always been my dream, but um, and as Jeannie shared, it it wasn't the time. There were so few uh, writers who were out as lesbians in. Uh, 2015, I met with some writers from the regions at the uh, Writers' Festival here in Davao. It was a, uh, a national uh, literary uh, festival. So I met with queer writers, uh, Shane Carion, uh, Early Sol Gadong, uh, and Diandra Macarambon, and um, Rogelio Garcia, who encouraged me to really like seriously put together the anthology because they felt that it was time that our time had come. There were more of us who were writing and who were out, etc. So I put out the call in 2016 uh, publicly, but after the deadline passed, I sadly, I didn't get enough uh, contributions in terms of the quality. I wanted to, um, I didn't want to just publish them because they 
were written by lesbians or they were about lesbian experiences. But I, I really wanted it to be a literary anthology. So I shelved the project. And in 2018, uh, the general manager of Anvil at that time, Andrea Pachon Flores, really gave me the push to put it together and promised me that Anvil would publish it under, at the time, Pride Press. And so I really felt motivated to gather everyone that I knew. So like all my friends, come on, let's, let's just let's do this because we're really going to, to be published. We have a publisher and it's a mainstream publisher which guarantees to a certain extent that it will be distributed across the Philippines and abroad. Can I just say like um, how thankful I am that this book came to be? Because when we took comparative literature, like I forgot the course number, but sometime back in college, we had this um, specific section for gay literature and say only 20% of the readings there were from lesbian or, you know, about women loving women um, stories. And uh, that kind of statistics is really just disheartening. So I'm glad that, you know, this book is out now and there will be more selections from that. Um, with regards to publishing, actually, because I write mostly um, speculative fiction, magical realist, so very non-realist, um, there are several um, avenues on the internet. You can easily follow them by um, going to call for submissions page. It's a Facebook page. That's the name, um, call for submissions. And then they they release calls um, on a weekly basis. And most of these are paying markets as well. So there's that. Um, locally, I would say you can follow panitikan.ph. Oh, okay. Yeah, panitikan.ph for local um, opportunities for workshops, if, if that's your thing, and other publications as well. Or you could self-publish. Self-publish. Oh, yeah, self-publish. Yes. Yeah, we have yes. to say that, yes. that today, yes. there is no shame in publishing yeah. your own work. It, it's it, it was cool. different before in my time. I self-published, so. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Like, I'm you know, a... if I know other stuff outside of Microsoft Word, I would have done the same. But I'm a klutz. So anyway, I want to talk about like publishing amidst the pandemic. So like, um, can you tell us like how local outfits like um right now are like um, coping or like how can you continue your good work um given all the challenges? Because of technology, it's it's really easier to publish your book now or just to advertise your blog, for example, and then come to a point where you can you know publish it because I know that there are free uh, sites where you can publish your book and get paid at the same time. All I can talk about really is like during my time, I also, uh, me and my uh, uh, co-author Dan also self-published our book. So that's why I think that's where the problem lay because we had difficulty marketing it. Because at that time, uh, some of the big companies were not ready to publish a lesbian book. They would publish if they were named uh, writers. And uh, Joanna oh was very young then. She was only 15. So it wow. wasn't possible. <laughs> yeah. I could have, you know, uh, told her, hey, come here. But, you know, she was too young then. And um, those uh, named lesbian writers whom uh, the publishers wanted were not ready to come out. And I know that they're still not ready to come out. So I'm very happy for this uh, group of women writers who have uh, come out. I'm not saying that uh, if you're not out, you cannot write. But visibility is very important because it's very hard to discuss something that you cannot even name, that you cannot even see. 
or much less fight for. So in a way, I think uh, books are revolutionary because they are there, they are testament. We put our names and our faces to these books. It's very important for us to, to have that because uh, we always get the impression that we're not there. And this is something that's very tangible, a book. I think you can really say like na, okay books like this like um the call the call for submissions like self publishing like um your work these are really breakthroughs in representation and and like getting more voices out there giving voice to the voices diba and and writing is such a it's one of the most vulnerable mediums like like it doesn't matter what you're writing or whom you are just the act of writing and putting it out in public for maybe people to buy uh it's it it like it exposes a a part of your soul that to an extent is very like discomforting the, the process of naming yourself as a lesbian is is actually so it makes us feel vulnerable and then um what happens is no one reads you i think that's <laughs> that's the worst thing to experience yeah. okay here here we have our anthology of pinay lesbian writing um and you know no one's reading it. I think for me, that's that's more, um, you know, scary. It's a, it's really a scary thought. But I think we are being read, aren't we? Uh, just based on, on what we can see, uh, let's say, in, in terms of sales in Shopee, we are selling, which is actually, I, I think, a good sign that, that our time has come. Yeah, who knows? Like, the current situation might uh, be a blessing because I myself can, can tell you that I'm reading at a pace on, like, you know, ever before and i'm already quite an avid reader but i'm just basically burning through all my books actually yes regarding that question about uh how the pandemic has affected marketing books i think it has helped all this technology online has has helped sell books because before when i came out with my first book uh women loving of lesbian themed stories um it was also published by anvil but it was only sold in national bookstores and not, not even all the branches. And I, at the time, I, I didn't know how to sell it. Um, I was uh, only freshly on Facebook in 2010, and I didn't have a lot of, of followers. But now, because of all the developments in social media and because of the pandemic, everyone's on social media. And we have all these uh, online events, and the exposure is, is really amazing compared to 10 years ago. And, and so it's actually easier to sell books now. Although, of course, we don't have the physical launch. Before, like I say, you'd go to a book launch, and then that's a captive audience, diba? Right? I mean, if you went to the book launch, of course you're going to buy because the authors can sign. But now we're not being able to, we're not able to sell books for the author's signature or for meet the author events. But at least we can distribute our books through the online uh, shops, uh, Shopee, Lazada, and of course the the websites, the Anvil uh, publishing website, and the other university press. It's it's not entirely a bad thing. Shout out to Anvil, by the way. Me myself, I was kind of like getting nervous asking uh, you about these like industry questions, wondering if this was going to be like a depressing interview about like a bleak future for publishing. But no, like I I see on my Facebook feed like all these new uh, books from local authors. Yes, and, and I think the regional publishers are really playing a pivotal role no, in, wow. in this uh, industry. They're, they're really, they're publishing and they're distributing and they're working harder than the, 
the mainstream publishers to to put the work out there. Yeah. Ateneo de Naga University um, through uh, marketing through Savage Mind Bookshop. I think they're uh, they're really uh, working very hard. You know? um, and we also have publishers, of course, from Cebu, and uh, and we we get help from uh, in in Baguio. We have Mount Cloud Bookshop. Yay! Shout out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, shout, shout out. out. Shout out to Mount Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say that usually there's a misconception that, um, well, books written by lesbians are only for lesbians. They're not. Okay. In the same way that, you know, uh, queer people have been reading straight stories all their lives, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> there's something very interesting yeah. there. And to, to find out, you know, what, um, how common the experiences might be because I, I've had, like, I have a podcast called Narratives. So it's the narratives of Matibo. Okay. It's narratives. And uh, na title. Wow. <laughs> thank you. I have listeners who are not gay or, you know, they're not part of the LGBT, but they listen to it and they say that, you know, there's, there's so much that we also uh, get from listening to another perspective. And the more you think about it, there's a lot of commonality. So expand your horizons and read. Let's get into like the nitty gritty of, of being a writer. We've talked about this with guests before. Like um, we call them slashers, like Namiki Inglis, who's a lawyer and a writer. And obviously, um, Jean Jenny is a chef. Joanna, you're Doc Joanna. How do you balance things? So like, yung, uh, it's hard to be like a full time writer these days, diba? For for me, uh, because I'm a, a creative writing teacher, so that's kind of related. So. Uh, what I do is when I give my students uh, writing assignments, I also do the assignment myself. I didn't used to write as much before because uh, the responsibilities of, of teaching and mothering single parenthood, they, they really bear down upon a woman writer. Um, and, and so I wasn't writing as much as I should have. It's hard to strike a balance if I think specifically for women. Uh, when I did my PhD, I learned that you just really have to sit down and, and do it. Do it uh, as a priority. If you're making a list of, of tasks, you put it the first thing. If you have a writing assignment or a deadline, then make it the first thing you do, even if it's just one sentence. Because if you put it to the last, at the last of your priority list, you'll never have the energy to actually do it. I think it's also easier to schedule things now. And even if there are some things that I need to do, I also devote, like Joanna said, it's it's a discipline. I, I didn't used to believe in it before when they say like, oh, you have to sit down and write. And if you cannot write, you just have to sit down and just, you know, write three words and that's it. But it, it works. It really works because your mind is prepared. It knows that it has to come up with something in the next, you know, one hour that you're seated wherever it is. And if you don't feel like doing it, you have to, uh, bring something that you like so that you can associate it with something like so if you like coffee so you know write with coffee if you want to you know smooch around with someone you like or be with them then sit there beside that person and maybe you can write it all depends on you know what you like so if you associate your writing with something that you like then you come up with something it's like a jigsaw then all the parts are done then just put them together it may not come out the way you originally wanted it to come out, but you will come up with something, definitely. 
Well, most if not all of us only get to write in the fringes of our free time. So really discipline oh. is, is very important. <laughs> whatever that is for you, whatever free time is for you. Um, when I still live in QC, that means being stuck in EDSA traffic. Now that I'm in Dumaguete, <laughs> we don't have that here. We don't have traffic here. So, um, you know, we, we find other free time for, for some, uh, what's this, rogue writing. Um, but then you also have this layer of pandemic, right? And then the catastrophic mishandling of it really and there yeah. we're also feeling threat of the reclamation so all, all that um, requires mental space and it's really difficult um, I understand why some choose not to write and focus on other activities instead whatever it is that keeps you sane that keeps you going um, despite everything I well I also understand on the other hand why for others clinging on to the idea that you know that they're still writing that um, there's some semblance of control is is equally important and honestly I oscillate between the two I guess for the first few months of the pandemic when we were you know still unsure of what this COVID thing is I, I was more of the like I don't want to write what even is writing <laughs> but like what, what, when we had you know more or less an idea of how to deal with it we had finally a name for it and you know um, reports from experts medical records from experts and even if you know vaccine rollout is still uh, is very slow at least we know what we're facing now um i i found you know it, it was a lot easier to try and shift my schedule and accommodate writing again so um i know that's not really an answer to <laughs> what what's the state and how do we balance i guess what i just want to say that you know there are really unique challenges now that that writers have not um dealt with before so i hope um if if you have you know, the capacity to do so, please support um, your local writers who are churning out work right now, you know, given the circumstances. How do you see the landscape changing for lesbian writers, lesbian and queer writers, whether that's fiction, nonfiction, let's say even screenwriting? Because like Pao and I are like in the film circles and we're also seeing like a bright new, um, a bright future for this diverse voices in the in the landscape, no? So maybe I want to get your takes, Ren, on like, mm -hmm. where are we headed? That's a really a hard question because uh, I've stopped making plans in, in the pandemic. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, you know, uh, all, the, all the trips that you weren't able to go to, all the things that you, you, couldn't, you can't do. Um, so predicting the future is, is is really hard so i'm kind of living day to day but maybe we can keep hoping think hoping that um tingle for instance would encourage more uh lesbian writers young lesbian writers or elderly lesbian writers to finally come out but of course we recognize uh and respect their um uh, individual processes of coming out, but it's so important to come out, uh, as Jeannie uh, has, has said. And we hope that the book, uh, books like Tingle would encourage more uh, coming out and, and more really more courage to tell our stories because we have to tell our stories ourselves. We cannot rely on straight folks to, to write our stories for us or, you know, to appropriate our, our narratives. Uh, for cloud or you know whatever yeah. whatever they do it for but we have to tell our stories ourselves in in whatever way we can in whatever art form that we can the other important thing i think is that you have to read 
it's hard to write if you don't read. <laughs> so read up. So I've also heard young people say that I don't want to read because I don't want to be influenced by what is out there. But you have your own voice. Nobody's going to take away that voice. Uh, the more experience you have, especially now, as Joanna said, it's, um, you can travel, you can experience things, you can touch things. But, um, you know, there's, there's experience of other people and looking at that and, you know, relating it with, with your own. There's an entire universe also inside of you. And I think that's very important to, to realize. Um, and don't let wow. uh, this thing that's happening around you uh, prevent you from experiencing. It's a different experience for sure. Uh, but I suppose uh, there's always something to get out of it. Uh, well, we're hoping to actually hold many launches because uh, of the Pride groups. Uh, like I mentioned, the Iloilo Pride team has offered to host uh, a mini launch or maybe a, a conversation, a single uh, conversation online. Uh, we're also planning some something similar in uh, here in Davao for the Davao Writers Guild. And and because everything's online, um, it's it's really can be accessed anywhere you know and internationally um there's an ebook version of of single anthology uh, for the international audience so that's uh that's actually that excites me because there's so much for the international audience to um to gain from reading tingle uh because it is really an insight into philippine culture and specifically Philippine lesbian culture. And we also have writers from the diaspora who are represented in the book. We have uh, Shakira Sison, Laurel Fantuso, um, and uh, Naomi Camayo, Gracel Pineda from Australia. So it, it's really, um, yeah, it is amazing. So that kudos to, again to, to Angel for uh, making this available in ebook form. Yeah, kudos to all of you, by the way, and all the and all the authors mentioned. I do want to give a special shout out to uh, my uh, Ricky Lee scriptwriting workshop batchmate Andy Yay. Lee, who's I am sure yes. he's tuning in, who introduced us. So yeah, lots of talent. So but please uh, pick up a copy and uh, see for yourself. Um, my next question to each of you is basically, um, what's next? Well, I just want to promote. <laughs> yes. my podcast the time. it's called narratives right it's called narratives um uh we have another podcast also with my friendly by linsangalit cantor called uh, tita tibs okay it's very different it's a very different concept narratives is a very different concept wherein i get to talk to lesbians who share their stories you know so it's not like thematic it's really their stories because as joanna said it's important for us to tell our stories of course i uh, i still cook <laughs> if i want to <laughs> and uh yeah I've, I've also been doing a lot of uh, writing so i'm putting my money where my mouth is how about how about you say Okay, um, I think I can say it. I have a forthcoming book with UP Press. Um, <laughs> it's my debut collection. <laughs> and I don't know. It's um, it's called Laot because uh, I, I come from a long line of fisher folks. I grew up seaside and I have really close ties to the sea, which is why, again, this reclamation issue here in Dumaguete really weighs heavily on me. But, well, uh, the book is coming out, hopefully, by next year. And right now, I'm working on my second collection um, in Chavacano, which yeah, I'm trying. Uh, I, I'm exploring that. Like, you know, there's always that guilt wow. when you write in English. Na parang, oh, yeah, <laughs> how about your I, get, mother I get that. 
right? Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if yes. this is me um, compensating, but I find it, it, it like the authorial wow. voice is really different when when I write in Chavacano. I find I'm a lot sassier. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, uh, Joanna. Yeah, I'm. I'm really just uh, very happy to hear about the projects of Jeannie and and Sigrid and the forthcoming collections. Um, I'm right now uh, enjoying the fruits of my labor. Yes! <laughs> so please yes, allow me them, to enjoy <laughs> the fruits of my labor of the past ten years, and uh, and also enjoying my fresh PhD. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, in other words, I'm resting. <laughs> yes, amen. I deserve and it. That's important, diba? Yes. Yeah, that's important. important. Get some good rest, yeah. And staying alive. That's important. On that note, we're going to wrap things up now, as we always do on our show, with our play of the week. Uh, we talked a lot about work. Now let's talk about play and rest. Any fun activities or recommendations for our listeners to unwind from the busyness of business? Go offline. <laughs> it's like, um, most of our lives right now, it's it's pretty virtual. Uh, sometimes, like it surprises me that I've been sitting in front of my computer for hours on end, and you know that's very unhealthy. So, if you have, if you're able to go outside safely while following safety protocols, um, take some fresh, uh, take a breath of uh, enough fresh air. I'm lucky to be here in in, in like. I, I imagine it's a lot more difficult no, in other places. But here, I, I do get to have, you know, my safe morning walks still. Wow. And, yeah, I think that's very important, no, to, to unplug from the virtual world and then just ground yourself to, to the actual world outside. So, there. Right? Dumaguete, it was voted as, like, one of the best places to retire, ba? Parang uh, yes. One of the <laughs> livable wow. cities. Pwede ko ba kayong ingitin? I'm, I'm just 5 to 10 minutes away from the beach. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. my, my friends in Quezon City, uh, they all hate me every time I post photos of, you know, where I am right yeah. now. Like, wow. I, you know, I'm not breaking any protocol. I literally just walked out and, and that's my view. So. Wow. Who wants to go next? Ginny? I do miniatures. So, wow. yeah, something offline. I do, I do miniatures. I, it's something I like. Uh, <laughs> very CSI. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, like so you build them, you paint them, right. like, tell us. I confine myself to paper because I like paper crafts. So quilling, uh, miniatures, most anything that has to do with paper, paper wow. mache. So it's it's very satisfying because, you know, all your senses are involved. And it's nice to see something from, you know, just strips of paper come, come to life, so to speak. So try it. Joanna? Ako ang Cordy. I like exercising <laughs> oh that's so, what yeah. that's cool yeah no that's that's of course people need to hear that yeah. we're covering like all but, parts of the spectrum excellent yeah. suggestions go ahead Joanna. so yeah i i do body combat uh, workouts uh, i just follow youtube workouts which is actually what i used to do even before the pandemic i i, I like exercising but also i like um i also meditate so both yeah. body and um spirit so they're all they're excellent guided meditations on YouTube. Tristan, what are you adding to the mix here? Actually, Kanina, I had a different play of the week. But since we talked about books, Kanina, mm. um, I'm reminded of one of one of like my favorite books in her body and other parties. And I want to show it sana. Eh. Ko na mahanap sa bookshelf ko kasi, uh, okay. like I have like a good good cover. It's like a special edition. I don't want to be reductive, pero kasi like 
when I try to pitch it to my friends, like elevator pitch, I would say it's it's like Black Mirror, but like feminine perspective. Yeah. So speaking of publishing, I just got uh, published not not on not on paper, uh, but but uh, I'm published on Redbull, Redbull dot com. Uh, my latest article is out. I usually when I write something, nice. it's usually maybe <laughs> on Rappler, uh, but now it's on Redbull Global. I'm like a pseudo professional uh, b boy break dancer, uh, just because. There's technically no such thing yet as a professional one, but I'm probably as professional as they come. And um, I kind of exercise that passion in other ways, including writing. So I interviewed one of the the best b-boys in the world, and um, I got to hear him out. And then I tied his uh, answers with uh, <laughs> ancient philosophies like, like Stoicism and kind of talked about how, hey, just because you're a street dancer who is probably not as articulate doesn't mean you can't be as wise as like Marcus Aurelius. Right. So that was kind of my pitch to Red Bull and they ran with it. So thanks. Thanks Red Bull for the opportunity. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, it's called five excerpts from the unwritten book of rocks, right? the name of the guy is rocks, right? Anyway. Um, thanks so much. Like that was such a, that was such a fun convo. Um, last plugs. I know, I know we did some, some plugging at the end if there's anything you missed out on for audiences um yes uh it's available tingo is available on shopee and lazada and the anvil uh, website and the ebook is available in your usual online e- uh, ebook sellers great any social media Noble, apple books uh, you can follow me at joanna lynn cruz uh, on twitter okay uh jenny at one genie on Twitter, and I also have my blog called Sliver Word, not Silver, Sliver, SliverWord.wordpress.com. As the supposed youth representative <laughs> of the group, I'm not really on social media a lot. I didn't notice I recently, that. I like, like, I, I don't understand this. Um, I recently just joined Twitter, mostly to follow favorites, <laughs> but I'm at Sigrid maybe. So <laughs> there you oh, go. Oh, there you go. I'm not that active though. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to follow your host too, I'm mostly on Instagram at Powie Fiction. Powie Fiction. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> At Tristan Zinampan. So Great. I'm saktong active with them. Just posting memes mostly. <laughs> oh, that's worth that's worth a follow as is. Anyway, thanks so much. Uh Team Tingle. Nice. I just like summoned that from my head. And especially all those uh, who couldn't make it to this interview. Uh, we super appreciate you. We're excited to to read your stories. Best of luck. Let us know how the tour goes. Thanks again. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank everyone out there, by the way, for watching. And listening, if you haven't already, please follow Rappler on all platforms. You can catch us on Kumu by following Rappler.com. And you can follow the Hustle Inside the Industry podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you a new episode every Monday so you can start your week with a little motivation.